When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. You know, folks, I spend so much time dealing with the elephants in the newsroom that sometimes I forget to notice the smaller but equally compelling news baboons shrieking and hurling their feces. (laughs) Sometimes I like to display them in my news habitat of a segment. People miss it. When it's not here, they miss it. (laughs) Meanwhile, an Oregon man who was stranded in a snowbound SUV for five days told rescuers he survived on Taco Bell sauce packets (laughs) while trapped in the storm. That is amazing. (laughs) This man survived despite eating Taco Bell. (laughs) The fella, this guy... Jeremy Taylor, the hero of our story, (laughs) is an off-roading fan who drove up a forest service road last week with his dog, Allie, seen here having no idea it's about to get real. (laughs) Five days later, after being found by a passing snowmobiler, Jeremy took to Facebook joking, Taco Bell fire sauce saves lives, (laughs) while Allie took to Facebook saying, looking for new owner must have cell phone, please no dum-dum. Meanwhile, (laughs) archaeologists have uncovered an elixir of immortality in a 2,000-year-old Chinese tomb. Though, I do have suspicions this elixir of immortality may not work. First hint, they found it in a tomb. (laughs) Researchers found an ancient bronze pot filled with a yellowish liquid exhibiting a very strong alcohol-like smell. I remember making a similar archaeological discovery in a milk jug under my college roommate's bed. (laughs) Now, at first, first, the scientists believed the liquid was wine, but found that it was, in fact, a different substance after further lab work, also known as making the intern chug it. (laughs) Of course, this so-called elixir of immortality is nothing more than a combination of ancient chemicals with no real-life extending properties. So these archaeologists should do the logical thing and send it to me. (laughs) Bring me the elixir so that I may shed this accursed chain of mortal life and rule eternal over the arid landscape on a throne of skulls. (laughs) Bringing you jokes about the latest Trump goof-em-ups for untold aeons to come. (laughs) 
Give me the elixir. <laughs> Meanwhile, Reports broke out overnight that after months of waiting, an anonymous Mega Millions lottery winner has claimed the $1.5 billion jackpot in South Carolina. First of all, why is someone winning the lottery always reported as news? It's not a story. Someone will win. <laughs> Just go with the standard headline, breaking news, still not you. <laughs> Here's what's crazy. On the day they bought their winning ticket, the winner allowed someone to cut in front of him or her in line at the store to buy the same kind of ticket before the winner bought their own. Okay, okay, nice story, but I think karma needs to recalibrate the dials a little bit. <laughs> Letting someone in front of you at the corner store should be good for, like, a free Slim Jim. <laughs> Meanwhile, a statue depicting Abraham Lincoln as a young man just went viral. Here it is. Damn! I'm not sure what he's liberating, but keep it in your pants, Abercrombie and Fitch. <laughs> and who does he think he's fooling with those books? Oh, hey, Mr. and Mrs. D, just here to study with Becky. Get out, you punk. <laughs> Put on a shirt. This statue has been in the Los Angeles State Courthouse since 1941 and is titled Young Lincoln. But after going viral, people started renaming it Babraham Lincoln, <laughs> the Gettysburg Andres, and... Honest abs. <laughs> Good names, but judges would also have accepted the great Emanscaper and, of course, the rail splitter. Coming up, Doris Kearns Goodwin. Late Show Pond Show listeners can get 20% off on all Late Show with Stephen Colbert merchandise on ParamountShop.com. That's 20% off at checkout on all Late Show shirts, mugs, accessories, and more with code TLS20 at ParamountShop.com. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Folks, my next guest is a presidential historian and Pulitzer Prize-winning author. Her latest work is the documentary series, Abraham Lincoln. Is there another choice? A third of our country is in rebellion because they don't like the laws we all agreed on. If we let this stand for one minute longer, we might as well say goodbye to the whole thing. Union, democracy, all of it. Please welcome back to The Late Show, Doris Kearns Goodwin. It's a pleasure to have you on. How you been? Good. Lots of times we've been together. Yes, it has. A lot of times. <laughs> a lot of times. Listen, you have you've got this new project, Abraham Lincoln, which is so resonant to this moment. Here is a president who is um, risking uh, 
his political career, doing the right thing, trying to save a deeply polarized country. What, what do you think history has to say to America in this moment? You know, I think we talk about democracy being at peril now, but we have to just understand what democracy means because we can fight for it. Democracy means the right to vote for your leaders. It's so simple, and that right to vote is under attack today. It's under attack every time we're trying to prevent people from voting. It's under attack when we don't accept an election that was fairly won. And this is the fight. I think we have to have the passion and discipline of the civil rights movement of the 60s, bring it right back now. It's what our whole generations have to be fighting for right now. That's what he was saying. Nothing else matters if you can't save the vote, right? Nothing else. One of the things about um, the Emancipation Proclamation is that my understanding is that he was getting a lot of pressure from uh, those around him, even his supporters, saying, don't do it now, because it was in 1863, and it was facing re-election. But he said, no, it is more important that I do this in, in the, in the uh, arc of history than my political career. There are so many politicians today that seem to be acting in cowardly ways what, what lessons can they draw from Lincoln? You know, I still don't understand what it is. You've been in public life maybe all your life. Is it worth just winning another election and doing the wrong thing and not standing up for what history is going to regard? History is going to regard these people who are not doing the right thing now badly. Don't they care about how their children or their children's children are going to think about them? That's what I would hope for, and that's what Lincoln was always concerned with. How am I going to be remembered for having done something worthwhile to make people's lives better, to increase social justice? If you go through that route, you're going to be much better off in the afterlife as well as the life right now. Yeah, but, and so often the people talk about... That's an important distinction you're making. You're making an important distinction about our... You know, when we say in the view of history, you mean your children and your children's children because, you know, we ordain and establish this constitution for ourselves and our posterity, it says in the preamble. Hey. Because when we say in the view of history, you mean, what will your grandchildren think of you? What did you do to safeguard the blessings of democracy for the rest of us, or did you just look after your own career because there was power in it for you? Now, I know that you... You know that Lincoln has lessons for us, but in... If, if you could sit any president down with Joe Biden right now to give him some advice, because every president needs some advice, who would you pick to have a little uh, coffee with Joe? I, you can't ask me to pick just one of my guys. I mean, I'd feel guilty about the other guys. I'm sorry, so, I can't. I have to ask you. Well, you, right you can ask me, but I don't okay, have to answer the right way. This is true. This is okay. True. All I'm going to say is I'd bring Teddy Roosevelt back for the economy. I mean, he understood that the economy was shaken up at the turn of the 20th century by the Industrial Revolution, much as it's being shaken up today by the tech revolution and globalization. And he was that, a trust buster. And he, he knew that big companies that weren't playing fair by the game should be undone. He would know that you had to do something about people in the country who felt split off from people in the city. And he called for a square deal. This is what we need, a square deal for the rich and the poor, the capitalist and the wage worker. But then I would also want LBJ to come back. It's a time of civil rights. It's a time of Congress. He would keep those congressmen in the White House in a sleepover until they finally got a bill on voting rights through, and they wouldn't let them leave. <laughs> and, and, and then I'd have to have... Can I bring one more guy back? Sure, one more guy. Then I'll bring FDR back, because he could make people feel a sense of common purpose and common sacrifice against, and his confidence would be projected. We have to feel good about ourselves before we can move forward. And then, of course, Abraham Lincoln. It's just who he is, not just what he did, that I'd love him to be around. So I'd love my four guys to be together. We'd all be better off. <laughs> well, but 
Speaking of Lincoln, there, there is there is a question I have to uh, I have to ask uh -oh. you because you are the person who would be able to weigh in this with with the most certitude. I think is that we we talked about this uh, a couple years ago. Um, in the Los Angeles Federal Building, there is a statue of Abraham Lincoln, young Lincoln, and it was it was put in there in 1939. And a couple of years ago, this got a lot of attention because um, people were surprised. They saw it for the first time in ways that I guess they hadn't before. Uh, this is the statue, and they were calling it uh, Hot Lincoln, I believe. <laughs> this is Lincoln. With oh, his my belt, God. Without a shirt on and, like, one thumb right in the pants right there. Is this an accurate depiction of how sexy Lincoln was <laughs> when he was a young man? Can I confess yes. that I've always thought Lincoln was sexy as a young man? <laughs> He's my guy. Look, let me tell No, look. And there's no beard. I hate the beard. Hate, There's yes. a picture of him when he was rugged about two years before the beard grew. Yeah. And that's the guy I fell in love with. So I like this guy. No, and, and There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like, Doris. <laughs> do you remember the time you had me carried out by four hunky Lincolns? I do remember that. Four shirtless Lincolns <laughs> carried you out on a litter. Exactly. See, that, that, what we have to think about Lincoln is he's a man. He's got a passion for politics, but he also has a passion for women, we've learned. One of the documentary oh, really? people. Yes, Alan Guelso talks about that. He thought about women all the time. I like thinking about that. Wow. I like knowing that. How did Mary Todd feel about that? Well, she she got him. She was he was he was hers. He was his. That's it. You know, you have other people around. No, he didn't do that. I I don't know about that. I'm not claiming that. No, no. No, but he Sounds also Sounds like you're getting Abe in trouble right I'm, now. I'm getting though. myself I'm getting myself <laughs> in trouble. But you know, he had a sense of humor. I mean, that you would have loved this guy. He, I can see him being me, sitting here with you, beard gone from him, and you have a bromance. I wow. Mean, he, he really can was. you imagine? Can you imagine the ratings we would get if we could book Lincoln? <laughs> but until I can, you're the next best thing, Doris. Thank <laughs> you so much so for being much. here. Thank you for listening to the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert. Just one more thing: if you want to see more of me, come to the Late Show YouTube channel for more clips and exclusives. Hey there, it's Michael Costa from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Ever wonder what happens behind the scenes or want to catch some extended interviews? Well, now you can. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition podcast for full episodes, extended content, and a whole lot more. The Daily Show, Ears Edition is available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate, though. Because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives, is the whole point. Each week, I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts.